You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephen Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. Today is Friday, April 9th, and we are going to try something new. This is my way to hopefully get some listener interaction, and I am hoping that you will participate. So I'm going to call it Gonzaga Five Star Friday. This is something I want to do throughout the basketball offseason to hopefully learn about you guys, our listeners. So here's the deal. Head over to the Locked on Zags podcast page, give us a five-star rating, and then leave us a short review with your Gonzaga story. Why do you love Gonzaga? Why do you root for Gonzaga? What does Gonzaga mean to you? I know people who have been around the program for 40 years, and I know other who are freshmen at the school. Each person has their own Gonzaga journey, and I would love to share as many unique ones as possible. So go ahead and rate the podcast, give your story, and then every Friday here on the show, I will read one or two or three of them here on the podcast so we as a community can hear about all walks of life. All right. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about uh, the Tommy Lloyd to Arizona rumors some more. Originally, this show was going to be a full mailbag episode, but instead, we are going to talk to my friend Ezra Amaker, a writer for AZ Desert Swarm. Uh, He and I actually met back in 2015 when he traveled up to Spokane to cover the Gonzaga-Arizona game, which Arizona won. Uh, But we've stayed in touch ever since, and with his knowledge of Arizona, both of us figured this would be a fantastic time to have him on. So we talked to him, and then at the end of the show, I will be answering a couple of those mailbag questions. But like always, we're going to start today with some news and notes. Gonzaga baseball starts a three-game series tonight against St. Mary's. Alec Jacob will be on the hill for Gonzaga. The uh, Bulldogs are 7-2 in the West Coast Conference, just a little bit behind San Diego, who's 5-1. San Diego takes on uh, LMU this weekend. LMU's in ninth place in the standings. Gonzaga takes on St. Mary's this weekend, who's in eighth place in the standings. So a good chance for both of those two two schools to remain atop the WCC standings. Uh, The Friday and Saturday games can be watched on the WCC network, and Sunday's game will be on SWX locally in Spokane. The Gonzaga basketball news of the day is that Pavel Zakharov is entering the transfer portal. Uh, It's kind of felt expected. He played in 29 games over his two years in Spokane, never really got that much playing time. He did hit in one of the cooler moments this season that may be forgotten, but he did hit a three at the end of one of the games this year and uh, got a huge bench reaction from everybody, which was pretty cool. But he has kind of just been recruited over by a bunch of really talented bigs. He's been lost in the shuffle, and so um, he's going to take his talent somewhere else and hopefully um, get some good playing time, and uh, we all wish Pavel Zakharov the best wherever he lands up. Now that the uh, NCAA tournament is over, a lot of places are uh, publishing their newest NBA mock drafts, and Pretty much every single one that I've seen in the last 48 hours or so has Jalen Suggs as the number three pick behind Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Corey Kispert is anywhere between 12 and 24. 
his performance in the last couple games of the tournament seems to have knocked him down a few pegs. Um, Philip Petrushev has been pretty consistently in the in the 30-ish range, somewhere in the 30s, which is good for him. And then the interesting one is Joel Ayayi, because I've seen him as high as the mid-20s and blurbs saying he should be like a surefire first-rounder. And then I saw ESPN's mock draft that came out today, and he was unranked or undrafted and 62 overall, which I don't understand because he is much closer to being a first-round lock than he is to being undrafted. So that was kind of a strange mock draft to look at. But Ayayi is obviously one of the two big uh, players for Gonzaga that are going to have a decision to make. The other one is Drew Timmy, and I have not seen Drew Timmy on any of these mock drafts so far. Uh, which leads me to believe that he probably ends up coming back to school, but we'll see what happens. And finally, Chet Holmgren. Uh, He played on Thursday night in the uh, 3A state semifinals in Minnesota. Minnehaha Academy got the win there. Chet Holmgren had 25 points and 16 rebounds. He had 19 points and 10 rebounds at halftime. He absolutely dominated the game. It's funny watching him go up against like six foot two high school kids who just have absolutely no chance against him. Um, And sometimes just him towering over people and barely going on his tippy toes to get rebounds and ducking over them is kind of comical to be honest. Um, But he is, he is, I mean, everybody calls him a unicorn, but he he really is quite the prospect. We'll talk about him probably next week. He plays for the state championship on Saturday night, uh, April 10th. And he has said, that he is probably going to wait until after that date, uh, shortly after that date, to announce his commitment wherever he ends up going, which all points, all signs still point to Gonzaga. So hopefully next week we'll have some word on Chet Holmgren, and when we do, I will break down his game a little bit and kind of say what he brings to Gonzaga. All right, coming up, we're going to talk to uh, my friend Ezra from uh, Arizona Desert Swarm and discuss the Tommy Lloyd to Arizona rumors, and we'll kind of talk about uh, what Tommy Lloyd can bring to the Arizona program. Um, and then kind of how Damon Stoudemire is still in the mix there. So uh, a really good conversation come up in just a second. But first, if you want a place to bet on the NFL draft, betonline.ag is the place to go. They just dropped a bunch of really good props, and one of the best ones is the number three overall pick that the 49ers traded up to. Mac Jones is the odds-on favorite to be that number three pick, and as a 49ers fan, I don't understand why. But hey, I'm not in the front office. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts use promo code LOCKED ON. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Joining the show today to talk about the Tommy Lloyd to Arizona noise is Ezra Amaker, a writer for Arizona Desert Swarm who's been following the Arizona program for many years. Ezra Let's just get right into it. Uh, Tommy Lloyd seems to be the favorite to eventually land the job. But Damon Stoudemire is still right in the mix and was reportedly interviewed on Thursday. Damon is kind of the in-house Arizona guy, while Tommy Lloyd comes from kind of outside of the family. 
So uh, I guess my question is, what kind of support do each of these guys have from the fan base and the alumni? Well, it seems like Damon Stoudemire's support largely rests with alumni, especially former players of the program. Uh, don't know who exactly, but that, that's just been the word on the street in Tucson is that um, uh, UVA alums, guys who've played at Arizona, especially I think under Littleson, they want to see a Littleson guy take the job. And just seeing the trend that we're, we're witnessing across college basketball this, this last few years, first at Michigan, um, and then of course at UNC and Indiana lately, uh, it, it would not be a total shock if Arizona went inside the family. Uh, and then as for Tommy Lloyd, I think Arizona fans probably didn't know that name four days ago, five days ago, but uh, he's quickly picked up steam, and he's a, he's the kind of guy that, in my opinion, would do really well in Tucson. Uh, he, he seems like he's the right cultural fit, uh, but I think the fans are going to be a little bit more skeptical of an outsider coming into this program. Uh, but then again, Sean Miller was at Xavier, and um, fans didn't really know much about him when he came to Tucson, so... I won't take long for Lloyd to build his name if he does go to UVA. So let's say uh, that Tommy Lloyd does end up taking the job. He's likely walking into some sanctions and at the very least some uncertainty. What do you think are the realistic expectations for Arizona with him at the helm for, say, the next three to five years or so? Right. I, I think the first year, whether they get another year of postseason ban or not uh we're still waiting on the aarp to decide uh, what infractions arizona will receive exactly but i think the first year is going to be a rebuilding job uh, regardless so you know probably just going above 500 in pac-12 play would be an accomplishment uh, miller was hovering right around 500 the last three seasons so if uh lloyd were to go above 500 that actually put him maybe above above what miller was doing lately uh and then looking beyond that three to five years from now i think being competitive in the Pac-12, uh, winning a Pac-12 regular season title or a conference championship, a tournament championship would probably be uh, the, the first big big hurdle that Lloyd would face. Um, and then, as we know, the NCAA tournament is a crapshoot, and Arizona hasn't been to the Final Four in exactly 20 years now. So uh, I, I don't know if it's realistic to say that Arizona going to the Final Four would happen in the, in the first 35 years with Lloyd, but uh, depending on what kind of guys he gets into the program immediately, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see that kind of magical run. Um, but if I was an Arizona fan, I think just being competitive in the Pac-12 again, um, you know, beating UCLA and Oregon, Arizona hasn't beaten those two teams uh, in, in a few years, really. So uh, th- that'd be the first step. Speaking of UCLA and Oregon, uh, Arizona, to me, is still a premier job just because of their history. But right now, the Arizona program is definitely behind Gonzaga. And like the two schools you just mentioned, it's probably behind UCLA and Oregon as well. Um, do you think Tommy Lloyd brings them kind of back to the top of that group, and how long do you think that could take? You know, if you asked me two years ago, I would have said Arizona could be at the top of the Pac-12 anyways by uh, Lloyd's first or second year, after, after his first or second year in Tucson, but uh, just given what UCLA is doing under McCronin and Oregon showing no signs of slowing down, recruiting or on the court, uh, it's going to be a really uphill battle for Arizona to, to crack that uh I would say just to be in the, in the top two of the of the Pac-12, um, yet alone number one, uh, just given how great UCLA's trajectory seems to be right now. Uh, but I do think Arizona's upside is probably as high as anyone's on the West Coast, including Gonzaga's. Uh, if I like, can get some really good recruits in there and then you know start winning games uh, right at the bat. Uh, Gonzaga and Arizona faced each other in the 2014 tournament, um, and the Aaron Gordon led. 
Wildcats just absolutely smacked Gonzaga in that second round. And since then, um, the, the two programs seem to have kind of gone in opposite directions. Uh, what would you say has happened on the Arizona side? Well, I think it's all traced back to the FBI uh, scandal that broke out in the fall of 2017. Uh, before that, Arizona kind of had Gonzaga's number for a few years, beating them in the NCAA tournament in 2014. Um, and they're going to get in Tucson um, in a home game. And then uh, in, in Spokane uh, in uh, 2015, I believe. Uh, and then since then, it's uh, you know, Gonzaga's just run away with really West Coast basketball. Um, and, and once the FBI thing broke, once Pick Richardson got... Uh, Arrested and um, was eventually sent to prison. Uh, Arizona just—they never recruited at the same level. They also they lost a few key assistants. Uh, Pastor Nack went to UC, UC Santa Barbara, of course, and then another assistant coach left the program after uh, some word got out about uh, some academic fraud, I believe it was. So uh, once you lose, you know, pretty much your entire assistant staff, the guys who were really doing their hard work recruiting, um, it's just hard to bring in the same kind of love, same kind of talent. Of course, they, they did bring in. Nico Mannion, Josh Green, Zeke Nagy, uh two years ago that class was, uh, but th- those guys, even though that they've gone on to have you know pretty good starts to the NBA, to their NBA careers, uh, they just never gelled on the court, um, and it, it led to Arizona not even well. Of course, last year was a uh, pandemic year, but the year before that, uh, Arizona didn't really get anywhere in NCAA tournament. So um, it's just been disappointment the last four years, especially, and it all started with that uh, sweaty. Sean Miller game against, <laughs> against Green Marshall. Uh, to be honest, that, that was probably the start of the downfall. And then, of course, Juve uh, loses to Buffalo uh, with Nato's coaching uh, with Juve and DeAndre Aiden that year in the first round. Uh, so just really inexcusable losses in the first round of the NCAA tournament for Miller, um, and, and they just never recovered from there. All right, last question, then we'll let you go. So if Tommy Lloyd does take the job, Mark Few does not like to face his former assistants during the season. Uh, Arizona and Gonzaga, they've played some classic games over the years. Uh, they have a home-and-home home series still scheduled. How upset would you be if they ended that home-and-home home series if Tommy Lloyd becomes head coach? Uh, well, given that Gonzaga is the preseason number one team and Arizona might have a depleted roster next year, I won't be that upset. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be a blowout in Gonzaga's favor, but... Uh, I think, if anything, Gonzaga fans should be the ones who are going to be disappointed. I'm not going to see their, their head coach face you know, his uh, right-hand man. Um, but I, th- I think UVA fans would be okay to play, not playing Gonzaga for a few more years, just given how uh, things have done lately for both programs. Very much understood. All right, Ezra, I appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. And if the home-and-home home series stays intact, maybe we'll have you on and we can preview the game. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks again to Ezra for his time. I want to just give some final thoughts before we move on to the end of the show here. I do think Tommy Lloyd ends up uh, being the next head coach of the Arizona Wildcats. I don't know when the official announcement would be. Could end up being today on Friday. Could be Monday. Uh, I know they're supposed to interview Miles Simon, one of the Lakers assistant, former Arizona player. They're supposed to interview him today, according to what Jeff Goodman said last night. And uh, I think Jason Shear as well reported the same thing. So... Um, I, I do think in the end, Tommy Lloyd is the guy that Arizona wants. It's just a matter of, A, if Gonzaga can persuade Tommy to stay, but B, if the Arizona alumni and player alumni voices 
kind of outweigh everything else and they say, hey, we really want Damon Stoudemire and kind of, you know, force the administration to hire Damon Stoudemire. So we'll see what happens here in the next uh, three to four days or so. And we'll update you again on Monday. Coming up, we're going to answer just a few mailback questions. We're only going to have time for a couple. One of them is regarding Tommy Lloyd. So I'm glad we'll get that one in there. So we'll do that here in just a second. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate and all bars. It's even perfect for keto diets. There are over 20 amazing flavors, including peanut butter, caramel brownie, banana bread, and many more. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and just absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They are great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The cookies and cream bar, for example, has 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com to see all of their flavors and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Football fans, it's April, and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode. From April 19th through the 26th, tune in to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, let's finish the show today with a couple mailbag questions. The first one comes from multiple people, uh, and it talks about Tommy Lloyd. The may, basically, the question is, if Tommy Lloyd goes to Arizona, what is the impact on future recruiting? Are we getting any more Sabonis slash Hachimura type players? I would say the answer is that it affects international recruiting, but does not affect domestic recruiting much. And Gonzaga at this point is at a spot where domestic recruiting is more important because they're getting four and five star guys on a consistent basis. So it's nice to obviously have those international guys that you can develop over three to four years. Um, But I think this program is in a place where they don't necessarily need that anymore. So as long as Brian Michelson and Roger Powell continue their ascent is, you know, really, really high level domestic recruiters. Um, and Mark Few is obviously going to add a, a new third assistant if Tommy Lloyd were to leave. And I'm sure that that assistant is going to have a really, really good experience in recruiting as well. So I don't think recruiting as a whole is going to be impacted as much as you think it might. Next question came from multiple people as well. And since I talked about Chet Holmgren at the start of the show, I figured I would uh, answer this question here. Given that Holmgren commits and Timmy returns, do they split time at the five? Does Holmgren get most of his time at the four? What about the three? What elements of our offense did we over or underutilize this year? And what adjustments on the offensive end do you expect or recommend for next season? So this is really interesting. Holmgren and Timmy are going to play together for sure. Um, And I uh, liken it back to the 2016 team with Kyle Wilcher and DeMontis Sabonis. And Chet Holmgren is going to be in that Kyle Wilcher role. And Drew Timmy will be in the DeMontis Sabonis role. They ran a lot of like horns sets. Uh, They ran a lot of like mid post entries for Kyle Wilcher to kind of create on his own from there. 
Uh, I would imagine the best post defender on the team is going to be guarding Drew Timmy, which leaves Chet Holmgren probably with a smaller defender so he can kind of create on those mid posts and kind of hit those little fadeaway jumpers that he's been pretty good at already at the high school level and that Kyle Wilcher excelled at when he was at school. So if you go back and watch a lot of the 2016 season and kind of see how they ran their offense with Wilcher and Sabonis, I think you're going to see something fairly similar to that next season with Holmgren and Timmy. Next question comes about the WCC. It comes from Ben. Which WCC program stock are you buying and selling looking forward five years? Ben says he is selling St. Mary's, but buying LMU, Pepperdine, and San Diego. I really like this question. I also am buying Loyola Marymount, and I am buying a lot of Loyola Marymount. I think Stan Johnson is going to do a really, really good job there. He was a really, really good recruiter at Marquette, and he's already getting guys to come to LMU. They're going to have a pretty good roster next year, especially with Eli Scott coming back. They're getting three different transfers. They have a three-man recruiting class. He's recruiting local LA kids, and there's a lot of talent in Southern California. So I am buying LMU stock big time. I don't really have any opinion on Pepperdine. I think they're just kind of going to be middle of the pack for a little while. I do think San Diego is going to be a lot better the next couple years than they were this past season. Um, I don't know if they'll get back to that level they were with Isaiah Pinheiro, Isaiah Wright, Olin Carter, uh, which was, what, three, two, three years ago at this point. Um, but I do think that they can get back to being you know, a five, fifth or sixth uh, in the WCC. I think I'm selling San Francisco. I, I, I love Todd Golden. I don't think that program has the talent right now to be uh, top four or so in the league. Um, I, I would never, ever sell St. Mary's because I <laughs> that's doing Randy Bennett a disservice. Uh, I, I think I would sell BYU for the time being at least for the next three years or so, uh, unless they can find or they have a guard that I'm not aware of coming in from a mission or they get a transfer guard coming in. Uh, I just I, Their guard play is super, super suspect uh, over the next few years. So I think I'm selling BYU, uh, staying pat on St. Mary's, really buying LMU, buying San Diego, selling San Francisco, and then probably the rest of the league uh, I'm pretty neutral on. If, uh, if I had to buy another team, it'd probably be Santa Clara, um, but maybe that's just a bias because I grew up in Santa Clara and always kind of you know root for them in the back of my head a little bit. So we'll finish the show with the final question. What is the future of the women's team? Can you give us an idea of the seniors leaving and incoming freshmen? Yes, I could certainly do that. As far as we know, Jill Townsend, Jen Worth, Leanne Worth are all leaving. They have not said that they're going to come back next season. But Sierra Walker and Abby O'Connor, who are both seniors on this year's roster, are supposedly going to return next year, which is a huge boost, especially in the three-point shooting uh, category. So the starting five is most likely going to be Kaylee Trong, Sierra Walker, Abby O'Connor, and then the front court. Melody Kempton will probably go from sixth man to a starting forward. And then I would imagine Yvonne Ejim may have that uh, starting role. She was really, really good for them down the stretch. And I think she's going to be their next star. Um, And she was, I mean, she was incredible in the WCC title game. She was pretty much the reason they won that thing. So I think Ejim slides into that uh, forward spot alongside Kempton. Kaylin Trong will definitely have a bench role like she did this past season. 
Eliza Hollingsworth, I think, is going to be really good for them. She came off injury all year. Uh, she had a big three in the WCC title game. She's got really good size, good footwork, uh, and she's going to be competing for minutes with uh, Anna Verjoge, uh, who's been in the program for a couple years now too. So those two will be fighting for minutes off the bench as a forward spot. Michaela Williams and Lily Scanlon, who are both talented freshmen this season, uh, will be back next year to fight for backup guard minutes. And then they have a four-person freshman recruiting class, including the blue chip, which is Bree Salenbian. She is the highest-rated recruit in school history. She's ranked number 44 overall by ESPN. She's a six-foot-three guard-wing hybrid. She's going to be probably very similar to what Jill Townsend was. Um, she's from Michigan. And in her junior season, she averaged 20.5 points, 10.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 3 blocks, and 3 steals while shooting 80% from the free throw line. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. And then they've got three other players as well coming in. They've got Esther Little, who's a uh, 6'2 forward coming in from England. And then they've got two uh, guards who are probably going to be more depth players. They might even redshirt, and they'll be used more down the line. But they've got Peyton Muma, who's a 5'8 guard from Colorado, and then Callie Stokes, who's a six-foot guard wing hybrid coming in from Southern California. So um, they're going to take maybe a small step back just because um, Jen and Leanne Worth and Jill Townsend were such good leaders and such good players that it's just natural to take a step back. I don't think they're going to be a top five seed in the tournament. I still think they have plenty of talent to be a tournament team um, and kind of compete. I think BYU's roster is going to be really, really good next year with a lot of pretty much their entire roster is returning. So they should be fighting with BYU again for the top of the WCC standings, and hopefully they'll be a two-bid league in the NCAA tournament just like they were this season. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. On Monday, we will start our player reviews and previews. We are going to break down each player of the men's team, each player of the women's team. We'll talk about what they did this year, and then we'll look at what's ahead for each of them. And then, of course, we will keep you updated on everything we know about Tommy Lloyd. Uh, we'll recap the baseball series that happens this weekend against St. Mary's. We could also very well hear about Chet Holmgren's decision uh, next week as well, possibly even this weekend. Who knows? NBA decisions are going to be happening. The transfer portal makes waves every single day. There's plenty of news to keep an eye on. Even though the uh, basketball season is over, the offseason is in full swing, and we are going to be here every step of the way. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast. If you want to leave a review and tell us your Gonzaga story, that would be awesome. I would appreciate it. I will read one or two every single Friday show, so go ahead and do that. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning. This is Locked on Zags, and as always, it is a great day to be a Zag.